I'm Austin Moisnit, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 171. I am your host, Helena Levin, and joining me today is my co-host, Pontus Bockman. Всем привет! Hey son, hey son. Yes, so it's again back to, to just the two of us. Yeah. Andres is out. Where, which country is he in now? I have no idea. Uh, we, I kind of, <laughs> we kind of lost track with Andres. He's been. Yeah, uh, we've lost him. He's gone missing. He's been in and out of different. Yeah, it's been a crazy year for him. So another another country, another time zone. But, you know, we are keep on keeping on and uh, recording another episode. Yes. And this time we have an interview episode. Yes. It's been a while since we had that. Listeners may remember we talked about uh, Rigvir, the fake cancer drug from Latvia. We talked about that in March sometime. I forget exactly what episode it was. And now we've caught up with... Uh, and you have to help me with the, the name, sorry. Austra, I can Okay, so this, can... this is what I, I got it wrong <laughs> at the recording of this episode, which I apologized to Austra for later but it's oh. Austra Mujnice. Uh so that's who we interview Mujnice. okay that's that's uh, something to you have to <laughs> at least I have to practice on a little bit but she is a fantastic lady she is so brave and so after everything so still so cheerful and optimistic yeah i think it's, she's very obviously strong to talk to her. strong she's got a strong character and like she's very like much so. nothing really phases her you know bring it on kind of mentality yeah. which is what we need uh well we need more people like that i guess but yes, we, we have do. met austra at qed and um yeah she's a really great person and did an amazing job with this fake drug inspiration really to all of us yes so I guess, what shall we, without further ado, jump right into it? Yes, let's do that. Every now and then we interview someone whose life and or work as a skeptic might be interesting to our listeners and definitely has a European angle to it, either through representing a country on the old continent or a project stretching across borders. And today we want to welcome back with us Austra Muiznice, who is a skeptical activist from Latvia. Well, she's Latvian, but she doesn't live in Latvia anymore. But anyway, she'll tell us more about this. She was here with us back in the day on episode number 98. Considering we're already doing number 171, that was quite a few episodes ago, uh, in November 2017, when she told us about a fake cancer treatment out of Latvia called Rigvir. And we wanted to bring her back on because there have been some new developments in the fight to get it off the market. Austria, welcome back to the ESP! Yay! Hey, hello! Very nice to be back again. Hi, good to have you, you back. Great to have you back again, yes. All right, I guess... For those who maybe haven't listened to the episode or forgotten what happened, uh, can you just quickly remind us uh, a little bit uh, about yourself and your background? 
Okay. Well, basically, um, as you mentioned, I'm a skeptic activist from Latvia. That is my side project in my day-to-day -day life. I'm a linguist. Uh, I work in localization industry. Yeah, and uh, I also happen to be a cancer survivor, which is the reason why I got involved in the activism in the first place, basically to protect other patients from uh, being scammed. That, that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Good reason. So you mentioned you, you were a cancer survivor. Was that when you f found out about uh, this drug, Rigvir? Um, actually, no. It was kind of funny because uh, Rigvir's story started about two to three years after I was diagnosed, oh. after I was already healthy and treated. And uh, But because um, well, during the time I was sick, I um, realized how it feels to be vulnerable, to be naive. And luckily, I myself did not fully fall for anything major, but I really could have if I had the opportunity. So I did not get in touch with Rigvin myself, but during um, after cancer treatment, I got involved into a skeptic community because I wanted to find out how is it possible that uh, somebody who is generally intelligent can fall for something alternative. And um, I talked to my friends about these issues, and um, a friend of mine actually asked me, what do you think about Rigvir? Because uh, she was asked to be a PR person for this company. So I, with my slightly trained skeptical eye, looked at what they were advertising, what they were selling, what the what Latvian media was writing about it, and then compared it to what they had in the in PubMed, in medical literature, which is pretty much nothing. Yeah. So basically, that's how this whole story started off. My skeptical antenna were twitching big time. Did you consider yourself a skeptic even before this? Or uh, Yes, I, well, I, I, I probably considered myself somebody who's very interested in that, but mm. I was nowhere near an activist or anything like that. Mm. So, so tell us about Rigver. What is it? And uh, yes, what's the background on that one? Oh, well, first of all, you all have to know it's, as usual, a miracle drug. It can do anything. It can treat almost all cancers. It has no side effects. If you know anything about pharmaceutical industry, there is no such thing as a drug without side effects unless it's homeopathy. Also, it has, well, basically it was registered in Latvia in 2004, two days before Latvia joined European Union, when basically two days later a completely different set of rules would have applied to it. It would never go through European procedure. And it's a story basically about corrupt Latvian institutions in several levels, who uh, first politically and then through civil servants pushed this drug into Latvian market. And from Latvian market, because of marketing in all kinds of alternative venues and because of this patriotic value that it had for Latvians, it spread further through Europe. And not only Europe, actually, also, it's it's a global, the 90% uh, of patients doing Rigvir are actually foreigners, not Latvians. Yeah, I remember we talked about Mexican clinics when we talked to you last time. And I think the fact that it has been prosecuted, i.e. obviously this, there were a lot of voices coming out in Latvia and elsewhere in medical communities saying this is not a tested drug or whatever. It somewhat played a reverse role. Instead of deterring people from using it, they thought, oh, okay, if medical establishment is against it, it must be good. <laughs> Yeah, it's big pharma must be killing the tiny Latvian companies. Yes, so right, and it became somewhat unfortunately popular, even more popular. So um, it had a like backfire, slight backfire effect. <laughs> maybe a slight backfire, but uh, based on the 
sales results of the company, it is actually not the case. Okay. They have gone downhill since we began. What we hear from, you know, Latvia is a very small country, so we have friends in all kinds of different institutions <coughs> in advertising industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's stories of Rigbir people actually chasing people who do advertisements for them because they're not getting enough patients in. So people do not want to collaborate with them anymore. So uh, quite clearly, our activities actually had effect on that side of the story as well. Brilliant. So, Astar, can you tell us uh, maybe in a chronological order how this has played out, the whole story? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been it's been more than three years now. The official side started in summer 2016 when I submitted the first official complaint to the state institutions. Many, many complaints followed, not from just me, but from other people. Then in 2017, a very important thing happened for the public uh, perception of this drug. There are two oncologist associations in Latvia, uh, both of those plus the Association of Rare Diseases and the head of... Um, pharmaceutical, I'm sorry, uh, head of pharmacology studies in our medical university signed a 20-page letter to the Ministry of Health of Latvia, state drug agency, asking for evidence for this drug. Uh, They analyzed every single publication that was available, coming to a conclusion there is no evidence this thing works. Not only that, it does not have the sufficient legal background, there is no manufacturing certificate for it. That should be the absolute basis for any kind of drug in market. Mm. So basically, that's where the big media scandal started because um, media started paying attention to this issue. Before that, I was the you know the lonely activist, um, Don Quixote, yeah. the, the Don Quixote. But you know, it, I, it wasn't actually just me. At the moment, there is forty of us. Wow! In the beginning, it was more like five. Mm. <laughs> But there's a group of people who've been working on this for a long, long time. It's not just me. I'm just uh, the mom of the community. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so what, uh, was the reply, yeah. what was the reply from the manufacturer when this started to blow up? Oh, <laughs> first of all, one of the first re- responses was publishing basically a sleazy yellow press tabloid article about me, how Austria, the internet troll, is destroying innovative Latvian cancer drug company. Wow. Uh, then... We had like the some of the active people actually received some phone calls at night. Some people who were industry professionals, medical professionals who were going to get interviewed would suddenly say to the journalist, no, I'm out because I will not suffer for this because they were also threatened by the representatives of the company. So it was actually quite stressful in the beginning. But uh, I think I the company... Imagine. The company must have thought that they will intimidate us, but it actually backfired because it only made us more determined. Mm. Yeah, and then after the oncologists wrote their letter and this went into the media, it was even more astonishing what happened. Uh, The official response by the Minister of Health at that time, I will not be able to quote this word for word, but basically the idea was some kind of social group is complaining about a drug. What do they even want? Like no actual response. They were they were always saying uh, the state institutions that everything's completely fine. It was all legal, and basically anyone who's complaining is either paid by big pharma or they have some kind of other interests or, you know, yeah. the usual. Yeah, it's Sorry. Co- no, but it must be quite. That's quite tough. I, I'm very upset that they were actually going through this really strong response. There, we're trying to intimidate people and to to ridicule people and. That's uh, 
despicable. I actually quite expected that. <laughs> to you be did, honest, yeah. Because, yes, I absolutely did, and I was ready for it, and so were other people. I think. Yeah. I mean, you're still in shock, but uh, based on how this company had behaved before, it was totally foreseeable that they would go not the legal way, but they would hire. Oh, they also sued some people. Uh, hired like the top legal office in Latvia called Sorainen. They have like five lawyers. I don't even want to know how much money they spent on that one. They hire journalists who write paid articles, writing bad things about the activists and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, it didn't actually help so much. Mm. And then uh, the next thing that happened was, well, basically the the answer we got from the state institutions was, everything's fine, we're not going to do anything. And you have to remember that this issue is uh, super political because... If you want to reveal every single person who made any kind of decision in the registration and renewal of license process, it involves, well, mostly it's one party, but there's also representatives of one other party. So it definitely goes into the political field. It uh, harms the reputation of these parties. So nobody's really interested in picking this up. And uh, the civil servants are intimidated because according to actual insider information, we have insiders in several... Um, organizations this drug was registered by call from above literally like call from health ministry like not you know legal process but yeah orders from above who knows you know whether there there was money involved i would bet 100 percent there was all right yeah so uh, nobody has the guts to really do anything about it except for some people who actually leaked some things to us and uh, this is where the next interesting development comes. Yeah, I was expecting. When do we get to the good news? The good news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the good news is that Rigvir is stopped. Yeah. It is not produced. Uh, well, it is produced. No, actually, the production is stopped, but um, it cannot be distributed in Latvia or elsewhere. So it's done. Okay, and how, how did that happen then? Oh, after that's this? another story. Yes, so, please. <laughs> um, I have to go to also back to one more moment in 2009. So it was renewed, the, the license, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a few years back, we received a very nice piece of document from uh, actually what must have been somebody from quite close to our FDA uh, drug agency, which basically was an expert's conclusion on evidence basis and the content of Rigvir. And uh, we already knew that there are major problems with evidence base. There's not, not a single randomized trial, not even a single double-blind trial. But what that um, conclusion said is that uh, the identity of the virus itself is not certain. As in, it is not certain what is actually in the vial. So I, I, don't, I don't know if we mentioned that, but the, 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 the idea behind the drug is that there's a virus. Yes, can, which kills cancer cells. Yes, which kills so cancer the, cells. Yeah, okay. So, But the, this virus was not even present in the product? Is, is that what no, you're saying? No, uh, basically what happened is in 2009, it was already reported by expert hired by FDA yeah. that it is not certain what this vial actually contains. <laughs> so uh, fast forward to 2019, March, the Serigvir company does this very strange announcement publicly that they are stopping the production of Rigvir due to economical strategical reasons, which to me makes no sense because it's their only pharmaceutical product who stops their only product. Yeah. And then a few days later, uh, it becomes super clear why this happens. 
because a news report comes out that um, Latvia and FDA, together with health inspection, they have actually tested the vial. And um, this is where I need to go to a quote, actually, mm-hmm. because it's beautiful. All right. <laughs> good. It's beautiful. It's that good. Basically, the amount of the virus in the vial does not match with the product description that was registered. And I quote uh, the deputy laboratory director of state drug agency. It's like buying what you think is lemon juice, but finding that what you have is lemon flavored water. (laughs) So, and this is one batch, right? So we think, you know, guessing, hmm, if they do not have like a good manufacturing certificate in the first place, how likely is it that it's the only batch? So the usual procedure is the FDA does not stop at just this. They would test other batches. So we wait a few days. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, turns out, obviously, they have also tested other batches, and it's the same story everywhere. So basically, we have state-registered lemon water <laughs> yeah. paid by the state wow. for 15 years. 15. It has been on the market. Yeah. So just when you think only about melanoma patients, now, which is, I think, may, if I'm not mistaken, it's about 200 people a year just in Latvia who get this through the state system. But the thing is, uh, they have been selling this to basically pretty much any cancer patient. But originally it was just for melanoma, wasn't that the Mm -hmm. case? Yes, it's only registered for melanoma, nothing else. But they have been selling it to everyone. So what do you think would happen in a normal country once something like this comes out, news like this, that for 15 years people have been getting inappropriately controlled drug without any evidence that it actually works? Like Uh, People would go to jail. Right? Yeah, or, or there'll be some sort of um, uprising and sort of, um, you know, outcry in the, in the press. Yeah, right. Well, the press did their job, which is the positive side of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the press investigated, they named, uh, they basically found all the names of the people who are responsible for every phase of the registration, starting from former Prime Minister uh, Ena Serepsha, who was Prime Minister at the time, was registered uh, to his health minister, Ingrid Tsirtsene who was in charge of health ministry, all the civil servants in state drug agency and national health service who basically made this happen. We know all the names. So you would think police should get involved or, I don't know, anti-bribery office or something. Yes. Mm. But you know what You know what happened? Nothing. We have currently a coalition of so-called light forces. Minister Ilze Vintjela, mm-hmm. who is a representative of a party who has been talking about how there should be fairness and how money uh, distribution in healthcare system should be fair. There should be no corruption. But what her conclusion was about this whole situation, she changed the head oncologist of health ministry, who also happens to be, or used to be the medical director of Rigvir, slightly (laughs) conflict of interest, if you ask me. Yes. And I quote, she does not want to evaluate the responsibility of civil servants because it's complicated. Wow. Uh, in my mind, there's nothing complicated, pretty straightforward matter. <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. But it's complicated. Oh, wow. Sounds like status on Facebook, it's complicated. Oh, yes, exactly. And get this, uh, so since this newest thing blew up on social media, we have been having all kinds of interesting talks on Twitter with the health minister and her family friend, Peter Stoppins, who is the former head of Latvian Doctors Association, who keeps basically telling me for years how I do not understand anything. 
side note, Latvian Doctors Association has received money from Rigvir, pharmaceutical company, so not exactly unbiased. Yeah. So basically they're shooting the messenger. Yeah, that's very often I get that when you debate somebody says, you don't understand this. Well, you don't have to understand it. You, you, you Austra, don't have to understand it. They should provide the proof that exactly. it's working, right? And if they Usually. have, if they have nothing to show, then there's nothing to understand. Then they don't no. have anything. But um, their their favorite approach is attempt to do gish gallop. Yeah, fellow skeptics will know this one. I I feel extremely honored that both, let's say, uh, some members of health minister's party have suggested that maybe we should have a public discussion about this, where both sides could have their arguments out. And also this head of doctors' association asks, Austra, you're such a lovely young lady. Would you come to like to my TV show and talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> so is that going to happen, do you think? No, it's not going to happen because I'm not going to go on stage with a seasoned demagogues whose only aim is to basically yeah. show to the audience that I am the health minister or I'm the head of um, doctor's association. This is this little stupid girl who doesn't understand anything wow. because that is the aim, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it's it's quite entertaining. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, if only you had a bit more experience in debating, then it wouldn't matter. You'd be still be able to beat them. Actually, no, I would say that in Latvia it wouldn't work because we've seen this happen before. Audience cannot follow subjects. Rigvir story is super, super complicated in Latvia because there is a very strong component of patriotism in there. A lot of people really do believe that Big Pharma is out to get this, you know, little company. They trust authority more than they trust argument or evidence. So this is why I was invited in the first place. <laughs> yeah. It's not about having a debate. No. It's about proving a point. Mm. Right. I understand. That's yeah, so that's the development. But the, but the main thing is that it has been stopped. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, that's an excellent result. However you got there. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's amazing. It's a big win for us, for skeptics. So yeah. now it stopped in, in Latvia, it stopped in Europe. Is it also stopped in Mexico or places like that? It's a, actually a good question. I am not sure how it works legally because state drug agency whose announcements I wouldn't say I, I fully trust because they do actually uh, release press releases full of lies <laughs> because they have to save, your, save their own reputation. They have claimed that they have informed all the respective institutions and countries which are affected. But then again, I see, for example, there's this um, Facebook group for patients who use Rigvir. And then they say, oh, I can still go to Bahamas. You know, they still sell it. There's these shady clinics all over the place where I bet they probably have, yeah. maybe they have this thing in the fridge and they probably don't care about how legal it is. Or yeah. in Tijuana, who's going to care in Mexico? Yeah. But it sounds, uh, like at, it sounds like at least the FDA or equivalent in Latvia, they have done some good work here then because they tested the batches and also publicized what they found. Yeah, uh, this is something I am slightly confused about sometimes because I know for sure that there are some good people in there because otherwise we would not have gotten our hands on certain information that we have. For example, that conclusion from 2009, which was absolutely confidential, that was hidden from the registration commission. We got our hands on that. There have been some other conversations with people who are good but who cannot really do anything because their hands are tied. They will get fired. 
but it was really a major turning point for them to actually test the vials because without it this would not have happened yeah 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 my thought is that um, my biggest hope is uh, the fact that in uh, actually first of may this year a new law came into force in latvia it's called the it's basically about whistleblowers it protects employees of state institutions who report illegal issues it uh, prevents them from being fired and i'm hoping that maybe at some point somebody will finally have the guts to come forward and talk about this because i know that many many people within these institutions have known the story for years yeah. and they have watched these you know they they know the people have been taking ineffective fake drug cancer patients not just it's not about homeopathy for cold it's about cancer mm. yeah yeah so i'm hoping that you know it, there should be some kind of humanity somewhere in one of those institutions. Hopefully, I have not lost my entire faith in humanity. Well, that, that's great. I think I must say I think you're very brave as well to fight this fight. And aren't you afraid that you will get into trouble because you're naming prominent names here? And but they clearly know who you are, and you're. Oh, they absolutely do. Aren't you getting sued? personally and uh, what else what other kind of trouble can you get into well I, I i feel like i've been through all sorts of trouble already and at this point i actually don't care sue me <laughs> yeah. I court, yeah. and i will battle you in court yeah, yeah. All right. bring it on yeah uh, also you don't live in latvia anymore right oh i'm i'm what is called digital nomad uh, uh-huh. I was in Germany for the last seven years. At the moment, I'm in Rome working on a project. Yeah. And uh, for the next few months, at least, I'm going to be in Rome. Future is unclear. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. I, I'm actually going to be curious if somebody sues me, uh, which country <laughs> the country it could be in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have to pin you. They have to pin you down first, which yeah, is pro- probably going to be hard. Yeah. Fair enough. But uh, so the, the fact that you don't live in Latvia and you haven't for a very long time, does that mean that you don't follow the skeptics there? Do you know what's going on in, in that kind of the skepticism uh, in Latvia? I do. I mean, um, I'm, I have very strong ties to all kinds of online communities. All my friends, my family, they're in Latvia. So, you know, I'm very active on social media in general. And I'm in very close touch with the skeptic movement in Latvia, which is very closely tied to this activity as well. Quite a few of them are my super secret anti-Rigvida group. Mm-hmm. So we, we know what's going on. And um, I also follow their activities as much as I can. And are they growing there? Is the is their uh, activities and, and their pu- sort of public presence, I guess, growing? Uh, yes. And I would say they have been really doing a good job lately. They have gained a lot of traction. They organize um, something similar to Skeptics in the Pub. Excellent. Uh, with all kinds of lectures, and they get really good speakers. Yeah, so it's it's. I think it's really picking up. Great. Good news. And the skeptic community on Facebook uh, for Latvia is also becoming bigger. Okay. Uh, do they have a name, or do they just uh, they call themselves Latvian skeptics? Um, well, on Twitter. Oh uh, no, sorry. On Facebook, you would find them by Skeptic Cafe. Uh, that is their official account. But there's also Latvian skeptics Facebook group. But they only write in Latvian. Okay. Uh, but I can totally put you in touch with the founders. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, actually. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. Yes. So there is also a skepticcafe.lv website. I've just yes. found. Uh, yeah. I think it's possibly not super active. There is also skepticisms.lv. 
And, um, but I, I think they might not have had resources in, in terms of time to update it much. Uh, I would say their uh, okay. biggest contribution is actually those live events where quite a lot of people come and they get introduced to the idea of skepticism and discussion and uh, presenting arguments and evidence in like a real live setting without, you know, reading pieces of text, which is quite cool, I think. Great. Yeah. So we're getting there. Yeah, very good. So you're a very European-based person, going to all kinds of countries, at least in Europe. Will yeah. we be seeing you in Belgium, in Ghent, oh, uh, on the I, European Skeptics Congress? I think you totally will. I have it marked in red on my calendar. Ah, <laughs> great, 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 great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to go to um, QED this year, and then I realized there's no QED this year. So what am I going to do? I have to go someplace else then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's right. Uh, okay, good. But then we'll see you there. Perfect. Looking mm -hmm. forward to that one. Mm -hmm. All right. And um, have you got any anything else that you wanted to mention uh, whilst we got you on uh, online, apart from Rigveer and the wonderful success of Rigveer? What's What's next for Austria and uh, her skeptic uh, friends? I think in regards to Rigveer. What I would like to do is basically push state institutions more to actually do something about it, because I find it completely unacceptable that you can fool patients for 15 years and they do not get any yeah. compensations. The victims do not get their fair trials. So I'm going to do whatever I can to figure out a way how to move on about this. Fair enough. To get, yeah, get justice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All right. Great All stuff. Right. So if people want to read up uh, on, on this as well, I know you have a, this uh, rigvirfacts.com website, but I believe it's mostly in, in Latvian. No, actually, it's mostly in English, but for, ah. uh, for one exceptional case, uh, we did not have enough time. Our last post is in Latvian because we needed to get some information out okay. to Latvian media before state institutions started uh, massaging truth by PR methods. So generally it's in English. Yeah, okay. So th then that's a good resource for people to go. Is there any anywhere else? You, you... Um, there's also Twitter for yeah. the short uh, format readers, uh, also Rigver Facts. Mm. And um, you can always follow me on Twitter. I am uh, Zimbabwe with a V. Okay, we will put that in the show notes. Yes, but be warned, there's also cat pictures there. So it's not all about Rigver. All the more reason to go <laughs> there, I think. <laughs> Okay, I think we've covered everything we wanted to. Fantastic. And we just want to thank you very much for sparing your time and uh, congratulate you on this wonderful achievement. That's excellent. Um, I think it's a very inspirational story for, for all of us uh, to to hear and to observe. And like knowing where we where you were a couple of years ago. When, yeah, when the whole... <laughs> it's quite unbelievable for me as well. Yeah, no, absolutely amazing. Especially because you've got no big money behind you there's no big pharma contributions no big lawyers nothing we paid for the domain oh get this you know do you want to hear we did actually get one payment for from a pharmaceutical company in the end wow you know, ah! you know, you know who it was <laughs> no Rigvir. <laughs> no yes because uh Rigvir basically had sued uh one of the activists andris skride who is now actually the head of parliamentary health commission uh, they had sued him for saying that Rigvir is like water, 
And in the end, they withdrew their court case after a few years, if I'm not mistaken. And then they had to pay him the expenses. Uh, <laughs> so good. he did actually get pharmaceutical payments. Yes, yeah. But they haven't paid you anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately not. I still keep staring at my bank account and, you know, <laughs> checking it every day. Yeah. Well, listen, you, you and us both. So yes, you too. You are you are in on this as we, well. We're so. waiting on our we're waiting on our fair share. Yeah. Any moment now, any moment. Okay. All right, <laughs> let's keep doing that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we'll keep sort of in touch, and we'll we'll be definitely watching what's going on and following your activities. And hopefully, you can get justice for those who were affected by this completely ridiculous scam that probably ruined many lives. So yeah, hopefully. Good luck. Thank you, and see you again then. Yeah, see you there, and uh, thank you for your time. Goodbye. 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 So there we go, folks. That's the interview with Austria. Like I said many times before, that I think it's absolutely amazing what she's done, admirable and, and inspirational stuff. So Yeah, that goes to show that we skeptics can accomplish things with a little help from the local FDA, of course, but without the constant years of talking about this. And uh, finally, finally, it seems to be the end for Rigvir. And uh, that's very good news. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So I think also, before we go, I wanted to quickly remind our listeners uh, about something that's happening next week between the 30th of May and the 1st of June. It's the SkepCon 2019. It's finally on after talking about it for a long time <laughs> and <laughs> yep. running the lottery and uh, advertising it. Uh, it is happening in Augsburg and there will be a Carl Sagan award that will take place there as well, which is happening every two years. So yep. exciting conference if you can attend or well, if, if you can speak German uh, uh, because it's uh, all the tracks will be in German for those of our listeners who can. And uh, yeah, enjoy for everybody who will be there. Yeah, and of course we have our people on the ground there, and we will. We hope that we will get some reports back. We have uh, Philip Schunke, we have uh, Annika Merkelbach, yeah. yeah. So uh, and also others, I'm sure that we know. Uh, so we will hear more about that later on. Ah, okay, good. I I must tell you one thing. We have we talked about it last week's show that we had created a new thing on Patreon where you can go into different layers of uh, supporting the show. So of course you, you mean where, where you can donate one, two, three, four, or a hundred dollars an episode. A <laughs> hundred is not a, an official level, but you can create. You could can do that if you want to. But that's fine. I just want to say. Yeah. I just got a, a, a notification before we started recording. Yeah. My mother is now a patron of the show. <laughs> that's so that's funny. so sweet. So hello, mom. I know you listen oh, to the show. Hello, so mom. thank you very much. Thank you so much thank for contributing. Much. We very yeah. much appreciate it. So hang on. But does she actually listen or does she just contribute just to kind of like... No, no, she listens, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, so my mom, she can speak a little bit English, but her English is not enough to be able to follow. So, <laughs> okay. But so otherwise, I would have put my mom up as well. Yeah. So if you can't support the show yourself, get your parents to do it. <laughs> I think that's that's the message. That's, yeah. Right. That's super cool. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Well, so I think that's it for today. Uh, we're going to reconvene uh, sometime next week. But until then, thanks, Pontus, for joining me and also to all the listeners. Please continue <laughs> following, listen, following yeah. us. And uh, we, you can reach us via various means. So uh, we can 
You can reach us via email. It's info at theesp.eu. Twitter at espodcast underscore eu. And Facebook, of course, you can like us there and uh, go on our website, which is theesp.eu. Also, please uh, don't forget to like us on iTunes. If you get our podcast via there, it, it'll just increase our visibility. Very good. And of course, as we said, go to Patreon slash the ESP if you want to do that. That will be very much appreciated. And and don't forget our events calendar as well. You find it on the webpage and uh, you can see everything that's going on in Europe. Indeed. Okay. Thanks very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Till later. Paka paka. Bye bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rob and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. And you're listening to the European Skeptics po- Podcast. Shit. Let's do this again. Pop- yep. Podcast. Pop, pop. <laughs> pop, podcast. Podcast. Uh, oh, maybe we should be podcasts. Pop- I like that. Yes. So, uh, what do I say? What do I say? Uh, <coughs> <laughs> You have yeah. to be quiet because your voice will go into the <laughs> <laughs> One second. Oh, I can take tea now. <laughs>